we would love to, for you to know that you are our honored guest. We are so glad that you chose Temple Baptist to come and to worship with us this morning. And we are just tickled to death that you're here today. But can we get you to do one simple favor for us? Very, very easy. If you're, if you're here for the first time, if you can just have a seat right where you're at. We have a prayer request card that we would love to get to you. Because we believe here at Temple that God is in the prayer answering business. Isn't that right, church? We want to pray for you. Our staff will be praying for you throughout the week as well as our care team. And while they're doing that, they're looking for all those that are seated. Everybody else, turn around, find somebody, shake their hand, tell them it's good to see them at church this morning. tomorrow is it's monday it's monday how many of you know monday's kind of got a bad rap monday didn't do nothing to deserve the bad rap that it gets but we just all hate monday everybody dreads monday you know why i believe that is well that's that's one reason that's that's a good answer but you're messing me up I believe if we come in on Sunday, 
and get everything that we need, everything that God has to offer for us, everything that He wants us to have, Monday wouldn't be so bad. I believe that if we come in today and we receive everything that is that God wants us to receive, that we take in the message that God, that God wants us to have, that we can go into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and all the way through the week, and we'll be able to handle whatever it is that the devil might throw at us. Amen? Let's pray this morning and ask God to prepare us for Monday. Let's pray this morning and ask God to, to give us all those things that we're going to need to go through whatever trial it is. You may face a trial this week. Are you aware that, that this week you may have to go through something? But I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that you don't have to go through it alone. Amen? Amen. Let's pray and ask God to bless today. Father, we love you. God, and we thank you for all your many blessings, for how good you are to us. Lord, for all the things that you have poured out and bestowed upon us. God, and I pray that as we go into this worship service and this time of worship, God, that you would fill us up with what it is, the things that we're going to need to get us through the week. God, that you would give us strength to be able to make it through our week, to go through the trials and the tests that we may go through this week. And God, I pray that you'll just prepare our hearts for the message, that you would open us up and help us to be able to receive your word with gladness. And that, God, that you would prick our hearts and the things that we need to take in, that we take those things in, that you strengthen us to be able to deal with whatever it is we're going to deal with. God, right now there's already people in here that, Lord, they, they've just got things on their mind, what they've got to do when they get out of here, what they're going to have to do to prepare for them. But, God, I pray that they'd leave those things at the door. God, I pray that those things wouldn't even be in their mind right now, but, God, that we'd be completely, totally, and 100% focused on you because you are so worthy. God, this world tries to, to clog our brains up with so much stuff. God, help us to 100% wholly give you this time, give you this time that we would be able to take it in from take what it is that you have for us and to go into our week and walk in victory. Lord, we love you and we praise you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. Hi, my name is Leslie, and here is a quick summary of what is happening at Temple in the coming weeks. Relay for Life is Friday, May 4th. If you're interested in helping, please stop by 411 Central and sign up. Who will you relay for? Don't forget about breakfast before the message each week before the 8.30 a.m. service. We know that 8.30 is early, so to help with that, we're offering free coffee, free cappuccino, and best of all, free breakfast. We hope to see you next week at the 8.30 a.m. service. Remember, your sacrifice will allow another to come to know the love of God as we here at Temple love God, love others, and serve both. For Your Marriage class starts May 6th at 3.30 p.m. in The Rock. Please sign up today at 411 Central. Senior Recognition is next Sunday in the 11.15 a.m. service. If you're graduating and haven't stopped by 411 Central to sign up and pick up your information sheet, please do so today. Have a great rest of the service and we will see you next week.
hopefully, uh, depending on how we take the personal part. Uh, how many of y'all know God will get in your business? He will drive down your street, pull up in your driveway, park right in your garage, and beep the horn. I need a witness. If you did not come to church to be changed, then why did you come? God is a God of changed lives. Oh, but preacher, I want to go to heaven, but don't mess with me down here. Well, you're in the wrong place. If any man be in Christ, he is a new, what? Creature. And if you break that word down, it means new creation. In other words, when Jesus comes in on the inside, he goes to rearranging things. He goes to changing things. He goes to fixing things to be what they need to be. Amen? How many of y'all are glad of that? All right. 
We're going to read just a couple verses and then we'll, we'll welcome our first time attenders uh, this morning. I want you to skip down to verse number 5. Uh, I, I, I'll go over the other verses here in just a second, but uh, let's skip down to verse number 5. Last week we left off with the nation of Israel getting defeated and why they got defeated. Uh, today I want to talk about more on the subject of what happens... What are the effects in our lives when we face defeat? When we experience defeat, when we experience failure in our life, what, is the, what normally happens in our life? And the reason I want to cover that is because there's so many Christians that are still there. They've not moved past this stage that we're fixing to talk about. They've not moved forward past this area, and we need to, amen? We don't need to stay there. It says in, in Joshua 7, verse number 5, if you found your spot, say amen. amen. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate even to Shebarim and smote them in the going down. Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water, took all the fight out of them. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord even unto the eventide. Even, he says, and all the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. Now here's the message, verses 7, 8, and 9. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Would to God we'd been content just dwell on the other side of Jordan. Isn't it amazing when we face defeat in our life, the old way seems better? Why didn't I just stay out of here? Why didn't I just stay what I was before? Remember this. You'll always remember the past better than what it really was. We should have just stayed over there. Watch what else happens. Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? Now watch this. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ round and cut us Cut off our name from the earth, and what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Father, in Jesus' name, help us today. Help us today. Help us all today. Help us to pay attention. Help us to receive your word in truth and grace. And God, I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And all God's people say it. You may be seated. If you are here for the very first time, once again, thank you for coming. And uh, we want to be a blessing to you by praying for you. If you filled out that prayer card, can you go ahead and hold that up real high? Go right down here on the front. All right. Go over here on the side over here. Church, let's give them a hand for being here. Y'all glad they're here with us today? All right. All right. Let's get started. Let's get started. We let Just a brief, uh, brief recap of, of where we're at here in this chapter. In Joshua chapter 1, God has promised Joshua in the nation of Israel. He said, I'm going to, especially when he brought them out of the promised land, he said, I'm going to take you out of bondage, I'm going to take you out of slavery, and I'm going to take you to a place that's flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to take you to a place that has houses that you don't have to build. I'm going to give you wells that you did not dig. I'm going to give you vineyards you did not plant. I'm just going to bless you with all of it. I mean, can you imagine to a slave, that sounds pretty good, say amen. Well, that is a type, the, the Canaan's land is a type of the victorious Christian life that we all can have. It is not a type of heaven. There's no battles in heaven. There's no bloodshed in heaven. Thank God. Amen. It is a type of the victorious Christian life in Christ. And that is what God wants us to have and to experience in our life. 
Now, in Joshua chapter 1, Moses is dead. Joshua's taken over. Joshua's being commissioned. And God tells Joshua, as, as, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. No man shall stand against thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. In other words, you're going to have an undefeated season. Nobody's going to be able to stand against you. You're going to stand victorious. You're going you're to go into every battle. You're going to go into every situation. And you're going to be a conqueror. And you're going to come out on the other side a victorious person. Say amen. Now, how many of y'all want that kind of life? Obviously. Well... We know what happened. They go in, they destroy Jericho, they follow God's directions, they do everything God says. God gives them a supernatural victory. They didn't lose one person. I mean, it is rocking and rolling. We got things going our way. And they turn around and they face this little rinky-dink city and did not pray about it, did not talk to God about it. And we know there was an issue in the nation of Israel. There was a problem. There was sin in the camp. And God didn't. He was not asked about it from the captain, the one in charge. Joshua, they went in and got defeated. 36 men died. Here we are. And that's where we're facing. And, and, and last week we learned two, two, two real major reasons why that took place. Is first, they, they acted without asking. If you wasn't here last week, Joshua never asked God one thing. In every other victory he experienced, he asked God, God told him what to do, he did what God told him to do, and they were victorious. But in this situation, he never talked to God about it. How many of y'all have gotten in trouble because you didn't talk to God about it? Then he accepted the wrong advice. How many of you got in trouble because you listened to the wrong people? Some of you were the wrong people. Amen? Let's be real. If you can't be real in church, you're not going to get nothing out of it. Amen? It just is what it is. All right, so here we are in this defeat. What happens now? The same thing that happens with most people today in America. The same thing that happens to most people in church today in America. First thing that happens, let's look. The Bible says in verse number 7, verse number 7, and Joshua said, I mean, they're grieving, they're mourning, got dust on their heads. I mean, this is full-blown grief right here. Joshua says, alas, O Lord God, Wherefore hast thou at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? What's the first thing he did? God, why'd you do this? You know what we do as people? First thing we want to do when a situation comes in our life that we don't like or or defeat or failure comes in our life, first thing we want to do is blame God. God, why'd you do this? Why'd you allow this to happen? I used the word, and I did do it for alliteration purposes, but it's got a great definition. Disillusion. And yes, I did have to look it up. Say amen right there. Watch this. Watch this word. Disillusion. Disappointed in someone or something that one discovers to be less good than one had believed. You ever gone in your life and going everything well and and think God is this certain way and God will do this and God's going to be at my beck and call and everything I ask, God's going to answer and everything I do, God's going to, even if it's a dumb thing, God's going to overlook it and and all of a sudden, truth hits. Defeat hits, failure comes and and I I begin to experience the consequences of poor choices and the first thing I want to do is think God's not as good as what I thought he was. Now, if we'd all be honest... If, all, if we'd all be honest, we'd have to agree that that one song that is sung a lot, that I like, I still like it, but it's a lie. I've never been disappointed in him. 
I can't always say that, that I, some of the things that I've seen God do in my life, that it didn't disappoint me, that it didn't hurt me. Not that he was wrong. I was wrong. He was right. But here we go. We get this image that God wasn't what we thought he was. God is not this bellhop in heaven waiting for our command. God is not this old man upstairs who's got amnesia and he's blind and he can't see what's really going on and we can slide something by him. No, God is a just God, a righteous God, a holy God. Are y'all with me? And here we go, Joshua, instead of saying, man, what'd I do on this deal? How'd I mess this up? First, God, why'd you do this? A minister was asked a question. A minister in England was asked a question right after, right after uh, Princess Diana died. Princess Diana died, and, 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 and a news reporter asked this question. Then this is what they're good at. They said, well, well, how, how, why do you think God let this happen? Why do you think this, that, that God, you know, y'all know what I'm talking about? He said, well, he said, do you reckon it could have had anything to do with a drunk driver driving 90 miles an hour in a narrow tunnel? Do you think that could have had anything to do with it? Just what did God have to do with it? A woman wrote a letter to Dr. James Dobson and, and said, I was dating a man, and, and, and I got pregnant, and it just, it just wrecked my life. And, and why did God allow this to happen? Susan Smith. Y'all know the lady in South Carolina who, who claimed her, her boys were, were carjacked and, and her two little sons, and, and they were carjacked, and when the truth came out, she strapped her sons into the back seat of a car and pushed it in a lake. This is what she said. This was her words. I dropped to the lowest point when I allowed my children to go down that ramp into the water without me. I took off running and screaming, Oh, God, God, no, what have I done? Why did you let this happen? And we experience defeat, and we experience failure, and we experience what takes place when, when, we, when we take action without God, and then we want to blame God. God, did you bring us over here just to destroy us? Y'all with me? And here's the question. There's a fine line, and I wish I could go into detail, but it'd take us three hours of... There's a fine line between the sovereignty of God and the will of man. A fine line. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. I've had people tell me, why don't God just make us do right? Why don't God just make us make the right choices? Why don't God just override our decisions when he knows we're going to do something stupid that's going to harm us? Why don't he just override us and make us do right? What a terrible God that would be. What do you mean? How many of you, how many of you grew up and you saw that kid? And if you're this kid, I'm sorry. And if you're the, this mama, I'm sorry for that too. But how many of you grew up and, and you saw the kid who was never allowed to swim in the deep end? He, was, he had to come outside with a sombrero and an SPF 500 on his nose. Let me tell you something, Mama. If that's you, the kids are making fun of him, and it's your fault. You are traumatizing your child, and it's not right. They're going to sunburn. Get some aloe. 
You're going to pay for a psychiatrist if you don't. Say amen. You don't know what I'm talking about. I went to the ballpark, and again, again, our church has gotten to the point now that when I say stuff, it could be anything in the, anybody in the community. You could be here. This could be you. And I, if it is again, chill out. I went to the ball field, and I saw the catcher come out to the dugout, and I said, all right, there's the catcher. And then I saw another catcher. I said, Where, where's, we only need one. He was going to shortstop. I mean, he got front mass, chest protectors, knee pads, the play shortstop. Are you serious? Well, I don't want him to get hurt, and I don't want him. I don't, that poor kid. Don't ever let him climb a tree. Don't let him chase cows in a pasture. They might fall and break something. It's all right. The freedom. Liberty. Ride a bicycle with no helmet. Bugs hitting you in the teeth and it's okay. And I remember growing up and we'd build concrete blocks and put plywood on it and jump it like evil Knievel. And if you didn't, you was a chicken. I looked at my I looked at a picture of Jordan. And 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 I think it was Tammy's mom got her them rollerblade stuff. But that's not all. I saw this picture of this poor little youngin, and she had this big old helmet on, got a little peanut head, this big old helmet on, and and big old elbow pads and knee pads, and she kind of, you know, she couldn't even move for that protective stuff. What is the point you get? One of the greatest things and the most loving things God could ever do for us is give us liberty. Do you know what we fight for and we die for? Liberty. The sweetest thing about being an American is freedom. It is so it is so important to us. It is so sweet to us that we will fight and we will die for freedom. I love being able to go to church here if I want to. I love being able to go to another church. If I don't like this church, I can go to another church. I, I love being able to take my Bible and go to church in the day or the night or whenever I want to. I don't have to crawl through a jungle and have church in a basement somewhere. It's freedom. And God loves you so much. He's given you freedom. He's given you freedom. Don't blame him. Because bad things happen to good people. We live in a cursed world. From the time Adam sinned in the garden, our bodies were cursed, this earth was cursed, man was cursed. Bad things happen to good people. Are y'all with me? I face defeat, and the first thing I want to do is blame God. God may not have had nothing to do with it. Amen? Second thing we do. Second thing we do. Watch what he says. Put it up there if you got that. Second verse, verse number 8. This is Joshua. He's the commander-in-chief. He is the one in charge. I love leaders. I love leaders who believe the fact the buck stops here. In other words, at their desk. It, I'm responsible for this place. Whether you know it or not, or like it or not, or, or believe that or not, I'm responsible for this place. 
Everything that happens here, I'm going to stand before God one day and give account for everything that happens here. That's why I'm in charge. Because I'm responsible. I have been called here to lead. I have been called here to pastor and to shepherd. And, 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 and I'm not a dictator, but I am a leader. And somebody's got to lead. Anything with more than two, two leaders is, is a freak. If, you got two, more, if one body has more than one head, there's something wrong with it. Y'all with me? Now, here's the deal. And because of that, I have to take responsibility and accountability for what goes on around here. Y'all with me? Joshua was that guy. Joshua was in charge. Joshua was the man, if you will. Well, guess what he did? Now, God, what am I supposed to do when they turn their backs on their enemy? Instead of saying, what did I do wrong? He said, it's their fault. Do you know what we have in America today? We have an epidemic, an epidemic situation where nobody wants to claim responsibility for their own actions. When we face a defeat or a failure in our life, first thing we want to do is blame God. The second thing we want to do is blame everybody else but us. I tell you what, my spouse or my husband or my wife, do you realize you may not be that easy to live with? It may not always be your spouse's fault. He won't show me an affection. Well, quit acting like a grizzly bear. Every time you get around him, you're growling. Man, it's quiet today, ain't it, Jeremo? I tell you what, this economic situation, I tell you, this financial, they shouldn't have left. My, they took my house because you signed a loan you couldn't afford. Nobody bit nobody's arm. Nobody held a gun and said, come on in here, sign these papers. You've got to take this. And you say, why are you being this way? Because we want the government to save us from ourselves. I don't want the government to save me from nothing. I don't want the government in my business. I want to just take responsibility, and if I done it, I did it. Now stay out of my stuff. Amen. Amen. I don't know why. I don't know why I got cancer. You smoked three packs a day for 30 years. Are y'all with me? Come on. Let's use common sense. And I know there's going to be people that won't never come back. I tell you what, you're going to stay in defeat. If this bothers you to the point, I promise you, you will never get over your situation because it's never your fault. And we are raising this generation to live that way. These young people, it's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. And an alcoholic parent raises two kids. One becomes an alcoholic and the other, listen, is, is a teetotaler. I'm talking about completely will re remain absent, will not drink alcohol whatsoever. They're asked this question. Why did you become an alcoholic? Well, guess what? My parent was an alcoholic. What did you expect? They asked the other one, why do you abstain from alcohol? Well, my parent was an alcoholic. What do you expect? Amen? There's two things we got to get. If you don't get this, you're going to have a miserable life. You're going to have a life full of defeat the rest of your life. Two things. Life, number one, is full of of choices life is full of choices God told the nation of Israel I, I place before you cursings and blessings I place before you life and death I place before you bad and good now choose now choose choose life choose blessings we have a choice are y'all with me God gives us instructions in life and says as long as you follow this 
hey, I'm going to bless you. But we want to do everything else and not do what God says and wonder what in the world's going on. Because we forget the second thing. Life is not only full of choices. Life is full of consequences. People come into my office, you don't understand what i got to live with. You picked them. You picked them. Every choice comes with a consequence, don't it? It does. I told y'all this was the personal part. I'm going to get inspirational in a minute. For y'all that can't handle this part, I'll help you in just a second, okay? How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all remember when the, when the Dixie Chicks, when, when the presidential election, all that stuff was going on, and they said they was ashamed from being from Texas and all this stuff was really, really rooting on President Bush and all that. How many of y'all remember that? And they was all prissy and they thought they was somebody and they was doing all this stuff, thought, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, a lot of people didn't like that. They, they didn't. They, you know, they didn't like that and, 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 and they took offense to that, so they quit buying their stuff. Then, this is the, then they got on, TV and news. So I tell you what, I thought we lived in America. I thought there was freedom of speech. Okay. There is. You have the freedom to say anything as stupid as it is. But with that choice, you have the consequences that come with it. If you're going to say something that ignorant, then be ready to be broke. Say amen. I defend somebody's right to be ignorant if they want to. But John Wayne said it best. Yes, he did. The Duke. Life is hard, but it is harder if you're stupid. Amen? That's in there somewhere. I promise you. It's in the Bible. I promise you it's there. Are y'all with me? Don't get so bowed up and mad at everybody because you made a wrong choice. Don't blame everybody. It's the pastor's fault. I'm not getting fed. You're not coming hungry. Well, I tell you what, it's that youth pastor's fault. Little Johnny got crazy. Well, number one, it's not the youth pastor's job to raise your kid. And it's not what they're getting at church. It's what they're not getting at home. We want to blame ever. They didn't shake my hand, or they was mean to me, or they didn't, they didn't. You didn't remember my name. I have a post-it in my jacket that says, your name is Malcolm Carter, all right? <laughs> yep, that's me. I can't. One, how many of y'all believe in miracles? I did. Somebody come up to me the other day, and the worst question you could ever ask me, and I'm going to say this because y'all are going to do it because y'all, y'all always mess with me, and y'all will do this, but uh, what's my name? And, and that was asked the other day, and, and, and the Holy Ghost descended from heaven and lit upon my shoulders a dove and whispered in my ear that person's name. And it's a God. I didn't know. There's no way I could have known. I just picked this name. Here, and it was. They said, 
Well, you're such a great pastor. I said, if you only knew. I call my kids' names, and I call four names where I get the right one. Brandy! And she's sitting beside me, Daddy. And we won't come to church because somebody offends us. Nobody came to my baby shower. How many did you go to? Well, I tell you what, I go to a big old church and there's just a handful come to this funeral or this, 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 this uh, 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 viewing of my loved one. And, and I, I got to say, how many did you go to? And then I got to say, so you're mad at other people for being just like you. You see what I'm saying? We face defeat and we face failure, but it's everybody else's fault but mine. Two people had issues. There's a man in, in the Bible by the name of Saul. <laughs> Boy, did he have it. He crazy. Crazy Saul. And David. David had woman problems. He didn't like women. He had issues with women. Y'all know the story. Bathsheba. Y'all remember the story? Y'all that mad? Y'all can't even shake your head? Come on now. Help me. Both of them messed up bad. And I would have to say that David messed up worse than Saul. Committed adultery and, 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 and had a man murdered. And that's pretty bad. That's bad. But guess what? When, when Saul was confronted with his, he blamed everybody else. Oh, they done it. What am I supposed to do? And he went, he went, and just a mess. When David was confronted with his sin, David was a man who had issues, but David was a man who knew how to get right with God. First thing he did, oh, God, I acknowledge my transgression. I acknowledge my nigger. It is me. I stand in need. Oh, God, purge me with the hyssop. He didn't blame it on nobody. He said, it is me. And if you ever want to get up from defeat, you won't never do it blaming everybody else. If you want, let me say this. If you want to have a great marriage, you won't do it waiting on the other one to get better. Yeah, I said it. Take initiative. Because you, I found this out. I love my wife dearly with all my heart. And in how long have we been married? Malcolm, remember? Malcolm. How many? 19 years. 19 years. You know what I figured out? You know what I figured out? I can't change her. But I can change me. Amen? Now that we're all happy and excited about coming to church today, there's one more thing that happened. First, he blamed God. There was a disillusioned accusation. Then there was a disregarded accountability. He said, what am I supposed to do with everybody? He, he totally disregarded his responsibility in the deal. But then watch this one. There was, let me, let me read the verse, verse 9, verse 9. For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall environ us round and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? Not only was there a disillusioned accusation, there was a disregarded accountability, but there was a discouraging, a discouraging anticipation. In other words, it's over now. 
everybody's going to hear about this, and they're all going to bow up and team up and come, and we're, we're done. It's over. Ain't no sense in going on, throwing the towel. It's done. Stick a fork in us. We're done. It's over. It's over. And you know what people do when they face defeat? They think it's always going to be that way. If they face defeat in the ministry, ain't no sense in me trying again. Ain't no sense in me doing anything else. No, it might be you was not called to that particular area of ministry. Maybe God's got something else better for you that he are gifted for and you are passionate about and you are get more out of. Don't quit and say it's over. Don't face a difficulty. Don't face a failure. Don't face a defeat and say, well, that's it. I'm done. God's through with me. If that was the case, God would have never used anybody. Noah got drunk. Peter was cussing. Hello? John was doubting. John the Baptist, greatest man born of woman, he was doubting Jesus. Abraham, he was a weasel. I can't believe you talk about Father Abraham that way. Ladies, ladies, I need all the ladies' attention. If your husband took you to a foreign land and said, don't tell him I'm your husband, just tell him I'm your sister, and was going to let you be taken by somebody else, would you think your husband was a weasel? I need a witness. Weasel. But God used him. Yes, he failed, but God used him. Yes, he messed up, but God used him. I, I, I'll say this and I'm done because I've done run out of time again. There's a story in the Bible. There's a great book in the Bible by the name of Ruth. But if you will really read it, and if you'll really study it, the book's not about Ruth. The book's about Naomi. Because Naomi is mentioned over twice as many times as Ruth is. And, 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 and here we are in the first chapter. Naomi and, and, and her husband, uh, they leave where they're supposed to be. They go back against God and they go to a place called Moab, which is a type of the world and sin and, and leaving the place that God wants you to be. And they go out here as a type of sin and, and, and they bring their two sons with them and, and they marry foreign women, which they're not supposed to do. They weren't supposed to go there. And the whole time they was just supposed to sojourn. What does that mean? It means this. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will make you pay more than you want to pay. Because her husband died and both them boys died. They went there for just a short period of time. We're not going to stay long. We're just going to hang out. I'm just going to play around with fire, but I'm not going to get burnt. I'm just going to mess around, dabble in sin, but it's not going to... Hey, hey, here they are. And now we got Naomi. Man, this is so good. Naomi and, and Orpah and, and Ruth are here, and, and, and they say, look, go back to your family. Go back to... And this tells you how backslidden Naomi really was. She said, go back to your gods. How backslidden is that? Make it, want her to go back into idolatry. And you know, Orpah goes back, and Ruth says, uh-uh, I ain't going, I'm, I'm not going nowhere. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you die, I'm going to die. Your people's going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. And now watch what happens. They load up. Ruth, come on. Here we go. We're coming back in, and they get back into town. They get back into the promised land. They get back to where they're supposed to be, God's people. And God's people looks at her and think, Whoa, my gracious. How many of y'all know that sin will take a toll on you? I've seen people that I went to high school with, and they look 20 years older than I do because of sin and the lifestyle they live. And here they come. They can't even believe it's her. They said, Good gracious, is that, is that Naomi? 
And this is what Naomi says. Now, this is where most of y'all are right now. This is where a lot of people are in America. This is where a lot of people are in the church because they faced a failure. They've gone out, whether it was sin or whatever the problem was, they faced defeat. And that first chapter in, in Ruth, the Ruth chapter number one, was full of disobedience. It was full of death. It was full of defeat and discouragement. And here she comes, and this is what she says. She says, don't call me Naomi, but I want you to call me Mara. For God has dealt bitterly with me. It is God that has brought this upon me. I am a bitter woman. Now, you know what she's saying in her heart? I'm going to die a bitter woman. I'm going to live the rest of my life a bitter life. There is no hope for me because the devil's taken away everything that gave me hope, everything that gave me joy, everything that gave me peace. The devil has taken it away. The poor decisions that I made in my life has caused me to die a bitter woman, and I don't have no hope for the future. But I'm here to tell you... You may have written the first chapter in your life. You may have taken out and made bad decisions and made bad choices in your life. But little did Naomi understand and little did Naomi know that God was working behind the scenes, that God was bringing her back. And there was a man by the name of Boaz, a kinsman redeemer, who was a type of the Christ. Say amen. And Boaz was going to bring hope again. Boaz was going to take Ruth, and y'all know the story. At the end of the story, there is a bouncing baby boy on the lap of Naomi, and that baby boy brings hope again and brings joy again and brings peace again. And do you know what? That baby boy was in the lineage and the line of King David, and in the line of King David, there is King Jesus. And I'm telling you, the devil may have destroyed parts of your life. The devil may have brought you into a defeat. The devil may have brought you into a place where you think there's no hope for tomorrow but I'm here to tell you God is in your tomorrow and there is hope and there is a place that God will do something great with your life yes don't quit don't stop don't slow down quit your whining and go to shining say amen it is all right. I'm not a victim. I am a victor. I am more than a conqueror through him. I don't care about my past. God is not looking at my past to determine my future. I'm not slowing up. I'm not giving up. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to speak up. There is hope. There is hope. Don't live in defeat. You don't know what happened to me. I don't care what happened to you. God's got a plan. He's got great things. And you don't have to walk around with your head down either. If God's forgiven you, that's good enough for me, and it needs to be good enough for everybody else. You say, people are looking down on me. Don't worry about them. They got the problem. Sorry. I'm trying to be dignified, but I can't help it. Because I've messed up before. And I'm thankful. God has still gave me a future and I'm so glad my past doesn't dictate my future and there yeah ho 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 I got something to say there's so many churches today they're looking down on people this guy called what they've done Lord save us from the people who ain't never got called Amen. That's all I got to say. How many of y'all are glad that we're victors and not victims? Give him praise. Give him praise. Let's stand.
Everybody stand. Father, help us today. Help us today. God, I've made some poor choices in my lifetime. And Lord, I've, I've experienced the consequences of those choices. God, I'm glad to know that you didn't throw me out. Real softly with the music. Real softly. God, I'm glad that, that you, you didn't give up on me. Lord, over there in the Old Testament, it says the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. But you remade it again. Even though it was marred, it never left the potter's hand. You just remade it again. I wonder who's in this building right now. And, 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 and you need to come to this altar and thank God for second chances. I wonder who's in this building right now and, and, and you need to come and say, God, give me a second chance. I've been living in defeat. I've been living without hope. I've been living without, I've been living without an expectation of the future. Won't you come and find a place in this altar and thank God that you have hope, that you have a future, that you have something waiting on you, that God's got great plans and God's got great desires. God's got great purposes for your life. Some of y'all have made poor choices and you need to come make that right with God. Some of you made bad decisions and you need to come make that right with God. Listen, God is waiting. God is here. God is available. Say, preacher, will God forgive me? I promise you. Just as fast as you ask him, he'll forgive you. He'll change your heart. He'll touch you and bless you in a way you can't even imagine. Father, I praise you. I thank you that you're the God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. You're a God whose mercies are new every morning. You're a God full of grace. Full of truth, but full of grace. God, I thank you for all that you've done. and Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for the encouragement that we feel. I thank you for the excitement that we feel. God, I thank you for the, the touch and the presence of God in this place. Lord, help us and give us what we stand in need of, Lord. Help us and give us what we require to go on, to get up. Lord, to quit whining, to quit complaining, to quit belly aching, but to get up and go forward. Forget those things which are behind and press forward. God, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. You take all the time you need to pray. Let's sing. Let's sing something. Oh, you need to come Jesus for any reason. Say, preacher, I need to be saved. Come on. Come on. We've got folks at this altar right now. Ladies for ladies and, and men for men. We'd be glad to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Would you trust him? Would you believe him? Won't you come? Come on, sing, church. Say, preacher, this is where I want to join up. Well, come on. Come on. God bless your heart. God bless you. God help these people. God meet their need, whatever their, their need is. Sing on. If you need to move, come on.
be glad to help you. What is your burden? What is your need? What, what is it that you need God to do for you? He's here. He's able. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. Won't you come? show him how much we appreciate him. We're going to give our tithes and offerings now. If you're a first time attender, we do this for you. We do this to be a blessing. You're not obligated to give but we just want to give back to God as God has given to us. And all those, listen, all those of us that have made the missions commitments don't don't drop out on them. They've been going down a little bit. We need to keep up with that uh, uh, to keep our missions, our faithful and our missions given. And uh, we've got some great plans we're going to share with y'all in, in just a couple weeks about what God's doing over there with the Matilli people and the unreached regions over there. Great plans. I can't wait to share them with you, but let's keep that up and be faithful. God wants us to be faithful. Amen? Well, let's do that today. Let's pray and ask God to bless this offering. Nobody leave. Nobody leave. I got one quick announcement, and then we'll be dismissed. All right? How many? How many? Let's see here. We've got Anthony and Stacy Holder coming, wants to be a part of Temple Baptist Church. How many of y'all are glad of that? Amen? Amen. God bless y'all. Now, here's, we, we, we joined to serve. Amen? And we want y'all to be a part of what we're doing here. Amen? Well, let's be dismissed. No, nope. Nope. Let's thank God for this offering. Amen? All right. Lord, thank you for your blessings and your mercy. God, I pray that your blessings we give unto you. Use it for your glory and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace? This hour are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? And are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments. Stayed with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul. I clean, oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of Yes, are they white? Yeah.
winner. Come on, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Amen. You're not a loser, you're a winner. Christ is in you. We're winners. Amen. Leave out of here knowing we're a winner. I'm going to get, well, preacher, I messed it. Hey, get over it. Get over it. The next week, we're going to learn all about that. God told Joshua, get up. I tell you what my baseball coach used to tell us in high school. He said, some of y'all, your bottom lift's dragging the ground. He said, pick it up and throw it over your shoulder and go on. Amen? And that's what we need to do. Amen? All right. Well, I want to I wanna meet all of our first-time attenders. If you've never been here before, I'm going to be right outside that wall right there, and I'd love to get to shake your hand and get to know you. And uh, before you leave, on your way out, just stop by and let me greet you today, okay? Amen. Let's be dismissed. Jalen, you want to pray for us? Thank God for his good day today, all right? Lord, thank you for this day. God, I thank you, Lord, for each and every one that was here today. God, I pray, Lord, that through this, this series we're going through about defeat, God, I pray, Lord, that we get help. God, we just, Lord, don't let it just fall on our ears, Lord, but God, just let us, Lord, just take it. Lord, let us apply it and use it for our lives, Lord, in each, every day, Lord, that we live. God, I thank you for what you're doing and for what you're going to do. Lord, I pray you'd bless the next service. Lord, bless our pastor as he preaches. Lord, you touch him physically, Lord. God, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.